welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I just sounded like I have a frog in my throat, but I do have a cold. But if you guys know me by now, the show must go on. And I feel very honored and privileged that our guest, who is Melinda Kushner, could be with us today. So I didn't want to miss it or postpone. So I told her, just a couple minutes ago. She's going to be doing most of the talking, and uh, so you won't have to hear my crazy voice for too long. So let me tell you about Melinda. She is an evidential medium, a teacher, psychic, and inspirational speaker with over 25 years of professional experience. She also worked as a nurse for 17 years, specializing in ophthalmology, where many of her patients were Holocaust survivors and others who carry traumatic life experiences. Using her psychic abilities and medical background, she literally and metaphorically helped patients see life with a clearer vision. For more than two decades, Melinda has commandeered hundreds of workshops, mentorship programs, and readings. She's also committed to helping grieving parents, so committed that she's made a promise to the spirit world and never charges a parent for a reading. Melinda will be a speaker at the upcoming HelpingParentsHeal.org conference, and I'm super excited to say, Melinda Kushner, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you, Sandra. What a beautiful introduction. And how are you? I'm sorry you're you're not feeling well today. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I think I sound worse than I actually feel, if that makes sense. So <laughs> yes. something's working its way out of me. So yeah, you get to do most of the talking. But anyways, you're coming to us from out on the West Coast of the United States. Yes, I am. I'm in Southern California. Oh, how beautiful. And I hate to say it's absolutely beautiful here today. <laughs> I bet it is. Springtime, flowers are yes. blooming, and I am in Massachusetts on the other on the other coast. Uh, yeah. So, where does your story begin? You know, um, I know we share the same kind of audience as far as people looking for evidence of the afterlife and many experiencing grief. But as, for you and your journey, how did it all start that you got into this? Well, it actually started when I was a little girl because I remember, uh, you know, talking with my, um, uh, my, my beautiful, uh, friend, I used to call her and I named her Annie and, uh, she was from the other side and, um, Annie used to comfort me when I was, she was the same age as I was, but she's, she used to comfort me when I used to have to take naps when I was little. Cause I used to be very angry that I had to take naps and I was about three or four years old. I thought I was too old for naps and she would always hide behind the curtains and visit with me and talk and, and I actually thought that everybody had an imaginary friend in life. Um, and I also thought that everybody spoke to the spirit world. And as I got a little bit older and would share these things with my family, my family would say, oh, no, you're you're crazy. You're making that up. There's absolutely no way. And I went for many years thinking that I was crazy and I made things up. So I learned to be quiet by the time I got to my early teens. But by the time I got into my 20s, I couldn't deny it anymore because I had so many different um, things happening to me from the spirit world. And at first I was frightened to death of it because they would touch me and they would appear out of absolutely nowhere. And I was just so scared. And um, I used to spend plenty of nights um, when I was, when I was a little girl uh, covering myself with, uh, with my covers because I was so scared of them. 
And every time I'd put my covers down, they'd be standing there wanting to talk to me. Well, that's frightening. It was when I was little. Sure. Now, you love now it. I love it. Yeah. But they don't appear to me quite the same now. <laughs> now they make me work harder. <laughs> so um, I started finding looking for training when I was in my 20s. I couldn't find hardly anything in the United States because the United States really didn't have much. And that was, I'm sorry to say, before, you know, before there was any Google. That's how old I am. And um, <laughs> when I, I started going to class and I sat in a, uh, I sat in a circle for many years in a group. It was a meditation circle. And I was starting to understand and getting a better grasp of what happens in the spirit world. And um, probably not until I was in my actually early 50s before I actually got to find my beautiful mentor, my very first first mentor, and that would be Mavis Patilla. And I studied with her for a few years, just her teaching me so many wonderful things, philosophy, the understanding of the spirit world. And I knew that's where I settled in. I understood then what I was supposed to do in life. I understood of all the, the my past of the trials and, and my fears of the spirit world and how much they helped me get where I was today. And um, after studying with Mavis, I um, also now have, which I'm still studying with him, and actually he and I actually work together, and that's Paul Jacobs. And Paul Jacobs also is a beautiful tutor um, at the Arthur Finley College. Um, he teaches some beautiful courses, has an, an incredible connection to the spirit world, and he and I have been working together. Fantastic. I had the pleasure of meeting Paul Jacobs last time I was at Arthur Finley. And um, Mavis, I saw for the first time via Skype. She spoke at the Banyan retreat that we just had last week. And she's a friend of Banyan's. And it was just her wisdom and philosophy. She spoke for a few hours. It was just incredible. Just it incredible. Is it, it is. It's, it's just it's so amazing what the spirit world has to teach us as long as we know how to open up to the spirit yes. world and, and feel what they have to tell us. You know, Paul uh, Jacobs also has his own place in Germany that he teaches. It's called House of Spirit. And uh, not only does he does he run and own this this place, he also is, he works at the Arthur Finley College. And having the ability to not only study under him in um, in Germany... Um, also to be able to go over to England and have this beautiful uh, experience there, too. Oh, what a gift. And they're both older folks. And it just shows me when you're doing what you love and you're working on behalf of the spirit world, you will be used by them for the good of mankind. So uh, as long as you keep yeah, and, and as long as you keep the integrity. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, there are people out there that have the gift, but they don't use it at the at the uh, integrity that they should be using it. Right. And actually, you'll watch how they start to fall, and they don't keep growing because mediumship and spiritual, um, the spiritual connection is um, at the highest level of what you're supposed to be. But they know if you're not doing the right reasons for the right reasons, and they'll start to back away. Yeah. Yep. Some people want there to be a star shining so bright with that ego. And then, yes. you know, start making a few dollars doing it. And that's my one big prayer that uh, I stay grounded. I mean, I don't think I I would change, but, you know, I'm sure people starting out 
I don't know what their individual stories are, but bottom line, integrity for the spirit world first, I say. It's integrity. And, and for me, it's um, like, like you mentioned um, uh, earlier, uh, for me, it's um, what I'm supposed to be doing in life. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to create um, a beautiful, atmos- loving atmosphere, um, giving the ability for us that are still here on earth, the greater understanding that love and life is continuous, that we go into the spirit world and our loved ones that are there or ones that we don't even know about are there waiting for us. And the reason that they communicate with us, there's a few, one being the apologies and the thankfulness that of things that you've done for them, but also to make us recognize that we have to do what we're supposed to here on earth. And we're supposed to grow our own souls. We're all we're all born with a soul, and it's our job to understand where we need to go with what we've been given from the spirit world. Yes, I agree. Um, and you're very passionate. You know, I, I just I met you through the folks at Helping Parents Heal. I heard so many wonderful things about you, and yeah. the fact that you don't you have a commitment not to charge grieving parents is, is, is amazing. But how did you get, uh, I don't know, uh, such a strong passion for helping parents? Mm. Well, first and foremost, I, I am a parent. Um, okay. I thank God that I haven't lost any of my children. I have four wonderful children. Um, I I always, as is, is, is probably every parent does, I always worry about, you know, what if something happens to my children? And I can't even imagine the devastation that is created uh, for these these parents. But I also have a very good friend of mine who lost um, a son. And um, I've learned actually through her and through connecting with her son, the enormous devastation that it has on a, on a, on a parent. And for me, you're not supposed to bury your children. Your children are supposed to, to bury you. And I just can't imagine giving back any more than, than what I can to the parents, to give them that comfort, to give them that greater understanding. And for me, I always tell them, you need to find your purpose. As difficult as it is, you need to find your purpose as to why you lost your child and your child's purpose whether it's through writing books in regards to your children, whether it's giving a greater understanding that when people text and they kill your children, um, you know, the distracted driving, um, how important it is that we don't do that to another person. And I, and I do want to say that for me, um, as a medium, I think it's so important to recognize that what I learn and what I can give back to others creates even that better of a world for that I can leave behind. Definitely. Can you talk a little bit more about finding the purpose? I'm not sure if I understand exactly sure. what you sure. mean by that. So, so, you know, when our when our loved ones uh, pass to the spirit world, especially with our children, you know, you have so many questions and, and you don't understand why, whether it's through illness, whether it's through an accident, whether it's through suicide, um, however it is that we lose our children in particular, when they go to the other side, we as parents sit back and say, gosh, why me? Why my child? Why am I so hurt? Why does everybody else get to keep their children, but I don't get to keep my child? And some are very angry with God. Some are um, 
uh, very angry just with life. They fall into deep depressions. They just don't understand. And it changes you. It changes you for the rest of your life when you lose your child. And I try to explain to parents, it's so important for them to understand when you're ready to accept it, why your child has crossed to the other side. You know, with Helping Parents Heal, I do a lot of readings for parents. And in that, I find so many parents that have come together because of their child's death. They've been there to help each other. They have that greater understanding that, you know, a a reading that I did once of a woman that her daughter had died from cancer and she'd been in the hospital for a long time. And this little girl, no matter what she did, she wanted to make sure that all of the other children felt comfort. And she would make a little butterfly out of like um, tissue paper and write their names on it and make sure she gave it to every single one of those kids. And this came in through a reading that I had given to, to the mom. And the mom said to me, oh my gosh, I've always wondered what I'm supposed to do. And I said, this is what your daughter wants you to do is to continue the legacy from your daughter, bringing the comfort to all of the children that are in the hospital. It's writing books. It's writing the under and giving the understanding um, what your child is. You know, a lot of parents are so afraid that people are going to forget their child. Their child's just going to be forgotten and gone. And that's not true. It's not true at all. Your child gets to keep living through you. So the purpose of the parent is to continue that life, that thought process, and what the child wanted to do. I have another family that their child was killed in a car accident while they were all together in a car accident. And it was by a distracted driver. And the parents have gone out of their way to bring this. Actually, through the reading, I had told them that um, I felt this legal portion of, of what was happening with through their son's death, that they actually get to take this and bring it to a higher level of changing the laws on distracted driving. And that's exactly what's happened. They have now been invited to go to Congress in regards to this. What a beautiful legacy for them to give to their child and to help everybody else with who is um, a victim of distracted driving, because unfortunately there are a lot of that. Oh, there's a ton. And that reminds me of the Mothers Against Drunk Driving, how that got started. And yes, yeah, giving purpose to our grief, if that's the right way of saying it. Absolutely. Or, that's purpose, the greater understanding of what God wants for us. And I say God, I know a lot of people say, you know, the greater source, well, however you view it, it's the highest to me, it's the highest source of energy and loving to me is, is God. And um, I know there's a lot of anger with that word and my apologies, but um I know that when we get to the spirit world, we're going to have that greater understanding also. Can we talk about getting to that spirit world? Because I think even, I'm not a parent, um, but even the people that I've loved that are no longer walking on this earth, I, I wonder, you know, what is it like for them the moment that they die, whether it's tragically or, or not, if they have an illness? Uh, do you have any thoughts on... Um, the spirit world um well actually i do <laughs> i somehow knew that <laughs> um it's my understanding um that six to eight weeks prior to our coming to the spirit world no matter how we come to the spirit world the spirit world is very well aware of us are um, getting ready to, to cross over to them and they prepare for us whether it is 
you know, let's say a lot of children have passed in a horrible accident. The spirit world creates the the space for them to, when they cross over to the other side, for their comfort, their greater understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it. It's also my belief that when we come here, we create the architectural plan, so to speak, and we know what's going on in life. And with that, who helps us create that the most is our our loved ones on the other side, our guides, our our people that, that guide us through to making our choice to be born here on earth. And so they are the same ones that are there waiting for you when you come back. There was a beautiful little cartoon talking about how the spirit world grieves when we decide to come down to earth, just the same as we grieve when they leave to go back to the spirit world. You know, we prepare for babies when they're coming here. They prepare for us when we're going to the other side. So the spirit world has this beautiful, you know, again, my teachings are the worlds within worlds within worlds. So we have the next world of, excuse me, that we go into. And that world is our, is like a mental world. So so within that world, we get to uh, cross over and our loved ones are there waiting for us. And, you know, if you loved and always wanted to live in a mansion or you had a mansion, you get to move into that. Um, if you just loved being my father's great one, loved fishing, this is what you get to do when you get to the other side. Whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable and makes you have that ease when you get to the into the next world is what is created for you there. And your loved ones are there to nurture you and guide you. I know I have a lot of parents that say to me, but there isn't anybody on the other side to greet my children. That isn't true. That isn't true at all. You have loved ones there, and those are the guides that I was talking about uh, just a little bit ago that are there waiting for you when you get to the other side. And you have this place that you get to be in, and you get to feel the comfort of what the spirit world is. You get to um, start to create that healing within your own soul and the greater understanding. And when... It's your choice because we still have free will in the spirit world. It's your choice at that point to move into the next world, which would be like the etheric world. Within that world, when we move and grow into the next world, that's when we start having even a greater understanding of things that we should be doing. Things that we should have done maybe here. Um, Understanding what our soul's purpose is. And um, that usually is the level that when we do mediumship readings, they are usually within that etheric world, which gives us the greater um, ability to communicate with the spirit. Interesting. Is that something they have to learn how to do or practice to get through Communication? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They need to learn to communicate. You know, some, when they move over into the spirit world, I've done readings for people that had passed away the day before. And I have done readings and people could communicate at that point. And I have done readings for children, babies that didn't have the ability necessarily to communicate, but their loved ones did. And they would communicate for the child, letting, letting the parents know that they are there and safe and wonderful. Oh, very sweet. Now, if it is a baby or even a young person, do they continue to grow up? in the spirit world or is there somebody acting as a parent um 
Well, you know, so if they have the guide that's with them or the grandmother, I just did a reading the other day and the grandmother had the, had the, he was a six year old child and, and the grandmother was the one that was holding that child and showing how much love in explaining how the child had passed. Um, I do believe that our souls keep growing um, no matter what our age is. Um, do you physically grow into an older person? I don't think so because we're a soul on the other side. We're not a person. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'd, I'd like to um, be there and not have any health issues or have to wear glasses or. And that's exactly in cough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because my mother was not a believer in this at all. My mother used to say to me, um, I it actually is a week before she passed away. We didn't even know she was she was dying. And um, she she had said to me, you know, Melinda, I hope whatever this is that you do. And I said, mediumship, mom. And she said, yeah, I hope that, that whatever this is, that you have a great time and things work out exactly the way you want it to. Oh, <laughs> that's I funny. Said, well, thank you, mom. But and she said, but I hope that you find out it's nothing but a bunch of baloney. And we both laughed so hard. And I said, Mom, when you get to the other side, you are going to come to me and say you were right. And she said, never. I'm going to come and tell you that I was right because she was very Catholic. And we laughed so hard about it. And a week, uh, she, the, the week later, she had passed away. And the day after she passed away, she came back to me and said, you were right. It's beautiful. And she had shown me, she had lost her vision when she was here. She had her vision back. She she had all her teeth back as beautiful as they were when she was younger and her hair. So she was feeling so beautiful and wonderful and so happy on the other side. It was the best confirmation that I could have ever asked for. Oh, it's good to hear. My mom loves me, supports me, thinks it's a little weird and <laughs> it's okay. And uh, so there's days that we we talk and I'm able to tell my stories. And then there's other days she says, you know, happy, you're happy. But when we die, we die. That's the way it is. Okay. You know, I, I've figured out that we don't push this on anybody. And, uh, you, know, you know, it has to be your own soul's progression. Yeah. And you know what? There's a reason my book's called A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. I never believed this either. So I have to have compassion for people, no matter where they are. But I do believe someday they'll figure it out. And, uh, someday they'll figure it out and they'll have that greater understanding. Because believe you me, I didn't, you know, when I first started this, I knew that there was a spirit world, but I didn't understand how we would fit into that spirit world. I didn't understand being brought up Catholic also. Um and, you know, you have that, you know, you're going to hell even if you talk back to your parents or you're going to hell if you commit suicide. And as I got older, I realized that that was nothing but a bunch of control as far as I'm concerned. And the spirit world does nothing but greet you and greet you in a way like with suicide that you are greeted with so much love and understanding. It's unbelievable. If anything, this, the the suicide, um, the people that cross over uh, due to suicide are greeted with even more love than your average person. And it's so important. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because it's always it's, uh, something that's not t- spoken about often. 
thankfully, um, it's wide open with the Helping Parents Heal, which I love that organization, by the way. Love I them. do, too. I, I feel I, so I blessed. Just, I, I just love that they do this for other people. You know, Elizabeth, one of the founders, is just an, a phenomenal woman, and what she gives to other parents is just, it's great. Yeah. It really is. It certainly is. And their website is helpingparentsheal.org. And their big conference is next weekend, correct? Next weekend, I think. Yes, I'm so excited. And you're I'm, one of the speakers. I, I am one of the speakers, and I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to help parents. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing readings as the speaker. I'll be doing private readings on the side. But I just want to be able to let people know that because they have a soul and because they have the ability to be connected to the spirit world, as we all do, is to give them a greater understanding of what it's like to, say, sit in the power. And that's the power of who you are in learning to grow and heal. You know, with mediumship and being a medium, you have an awful lot of things that you yourself need to heal over. And you need to figure out why things happened the way they did and, and how you can change things, not only to help yourself but to help others. And um, if you're not a healed medium, you don't get very far within this work, you know? And I think it's important to teach parents how to heal who they are on the inside because it gives them that greater understanding what the spirit world is all about. And when you talk about sitting in the power, what is that and how could we benefit from that? Sitting in the power is your is the rawest version of your own soul and when you sit in the silence of your own soul and you connect your soul to the god source you don't need guides you don't you don't need anybody else to help you connect yourself to the god source and that is the most clarifying portions of your soul and who you are whether it is You know, we don't all like everything about ourselves. We um, need to learn to grow. We need to learn to heal. And we need to learn to accept who we are and it being that wonderful person that we are. And sitting in the power creates this connection with the God source for you to understand all of these things about yourself. Talk to God. Ask God how you can change things and heal what you need to have healed on the inside. That's great. And then would we do that and then intentionally try to quiet our mind or have the intention of connecting to our own God source or divinity? Um, Oh, absolutely. You know, I I always tell people, you know, when you start off, uh, all of our minds are just like crazy kooky all over the place. All over the place. The monkey mind (laughs) swinging from branch to branch, never stopping. Exactly. Ah, exhausting. And, um, and you know, you can start to learn to quiet your mind through meditation first, because sitting in the power of meditation are two different things. So if you're sitting in meditation and you're learning to, even if it, if it takes, you know, five minutes, let's say, um, and if you need something to concentrate on, I'll tell people, you know, excuse me, light a candle, um, concentrate on the candle. And every time your mind starts to wander off, go back to the candle. And when you start training your mind, you will slowly then start training your soul to do the same. And you'll have that ability to stay connected longer and longer. I actually have one of my students, interesting, she's a coroner, coroner. And so her 
her daily life is much different. And this girl has dealt with death a lot, <laughs> obviously, yeah. picking up the pieces, so to speak. And she started attending the class. And I tell you, she started to um, understand the sitting in the power and the connection that she has with the spirit world. And in such a short time, watching how she has grown has been incredible because she has that ability. Of course, she again, she's around death all the time. But she has the ability to create that comfort. The comfort not only inside of herself, but then to be able to give it to the loved ones that are still here. That's outstanding. So sitting in the power and understanding um, your connection with God. All that's all this is is your connection with God and how and and where you need to go with your soul. You know, I had had a reading many years ago, and in this reading, they had pointed out when I was raised, I was raised very much to be a worker, right? You know, you have children so they can work. Yeah. And I never realized that, that that was why I constantly did work, constantly did things, because I didn't feel as though I would be good enough unless I did a bunch of work. And recognizing what that was, and then learning to heal it and where it came from. So, so in other words, it, for my own sadness as to people aren't going to like me unless I do work for them, or people aren't going to like me unless I, unless I am jeopardizing my own feelings and emotions, um, I, I needed to learn how to, how to calm that down and how to appreciate who I am. And it takes time. It takes time, and I had to go back into, so why was I like that? And I had to go back into my childhood to understand why I was like this. So with that came an enormous amount of healing, and it, and it does take time. So when I now have the ability to go back and do readings for people, and they're so devastated for whatever reasons, because it's not up to me to judge why somebody's devastated. Right. It's up to me to help them heal. And then I take them back into their childhood and that greater understanding where they um, uh, could have healed themselves and changed things a little bit differently. And you do get to change who you are. Even now, going back into childhood, you can make that shift? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you look at people that go to therapy, you know, they have this, when they're in therapy, they have this one... um, amazing tool that they use called EMDR and I can't tell you exactly what it stands for Eye but movement I movement desensitization R I forgot what the R is too reprogramming very good reprogramming yeah it's pretty much like that pretty much like that you take yourself back in that case it would be the help with the help of the of the therapist that takes you back to your earliest memory of where you feel things that needed to be changed, whether it's through abuse, whatever it is that gets you to be that better person and heal that deep, deep scar. To me, it's, it's very similar um, uh, uh, when it comes to sitting in the power. Oh, that's great. And I'm all a fan of learning and uh, having tutors and mentorship and all that. But I think we ourselves have to make the journey. And no matter, I mean, I've been a seminar junkie, but 
without using the things I've learned, of course, I have no results. So even in this world, it's like there is an inner relationship to build with the spirit world, with our own soul. And I'd love that there are people like yourself willing to lead us on that pathway. But lots of answers come from within. Yep, you are so right. And that's what I always teach my my students. The answer is inside of you. It's just learning how to get there. And learning how to get there is sitting in the power, understanding where we are, um, recognizing the empathy. You know, to me, empathy is so important to readings. You know, there's so many mediums out there that will just give you facts, but they don't give you the uh, the empathy that is is should be provided to to the readings. Also, you know, you look at it. If I, if I have somebody sitting across from me and I say things that I have witnessed this and I say things to, to a person, uh, one woman said, Oh, and by the way, you have a baby in spirit and uh, the baby's fine. And the woman burst into tears and I was sitting in the audience thinking, Oh my gosh, she left this poor sitter so raw with the, with not the greater understanding what it would feel like to have that baby in the other spirit, excuse me, into the spirit world, understanding the raw nerves that you just recreated for that sitter. And to me, it's so important to give that greater understanding and the empathy and spend that extra time, spend that time with it, with the parent or with any loved one on the other, that, that has people on the other side. Yeah. We've got to love people, whether we can see them or not. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How about um, your time as a nurse? Was that before you got involved with mediumship? Well, I was always kind of involved in mediumship. You know, I go back to my friends when I was in high school. They now they laugh and said, no wonder you wanted to go and get readings all the time because uh-huh. I was trying. I was trying to figure it out. I didn't understand it. And I know that through my nursing, um, because, you know, I I worked at a facility. We had a lot of patients a day. We have over 100 patients a day plus surgeries. So you're in and out of a room constantly, and you get to psychically understand who a person is. You know, and we all do that part of it. You can all get that greater understanding of what a person is. So you're learning to go in and out on a regular basis. And, um and I always had a great love for uh, geriatrics. I love older people, and mostly ophthalmology is with, with the elderly. And I learned to listen and talk to them and understand where their lives had come from. So as far as using my mediumship, no, but I sure got to use my psychic abilities to understand and to help other people feel comfort. Which is a great gift. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm so interested in sharing about the afterlife that I forget about the living. Um, so you got to stay grounded. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been um, lucky enough to be asked to do a documentary actually on mediumship work and the greater understanding of the spirit world and so i'm in the process of of doing this and which makes me even more hyper vigil to um the integrity of other mediums or should i say the lack of integrity yes yes 
So for me, it's my greater uh, gift that I want to give to people in this world, not to the mediums, but to the people in this world that are receiving these readings, for them to understand what your expectations are from mediums and and where and where you should be and what you should be doing during a sitting. Um, because there's so many of them out there that do take advantage of the grieving. And um, I feel very fortunate that we get to do this project and, and the people that I'm doing this project with. Oh, congratulations. You know, I'm thinking of my mom's got a favorite phrase. What do you call the guy who graduates bottom from uh, medical school? The answer is doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and so just because somebody's hanging the shingle that says medium does not mean that they are good and that they have integrity. In fact, my first entry into mediumship, just to see if it was real, coming from a skeptic's point of view, um, I ended up delivering a few right-on medium readings, which blew my mind, excited me, and all that. But the instructor actually gave me a certificate that I am now a certified medium. And thankfully, I knew better. But I think people can get a little bit of ego and say, oh, how much do you charge? Oh, you know, and some people charge a heck of a lot of money. And there is not the integrity there. And I've met, I can't even tell you, Melinda, how many people that I've met have been disappointed by mediums, and but they came really close to giving up. And then, you know, they found somebody and then there's a great story. Uh, but, yeah, not everybody's a good one. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Sandra, you brought up a very good point because, you know, especially in the United States, they have this thought process that if they give you, like you said, the certificate, that all of a sudden it makes you a medium. And there's so many people out there that will take a weekend course, yeah. maybe two weekend courses, and all of a sudden they're the greatest mediums around. And, you know, just just I, and I just have to say this, there isn't really anybody that can certify you as a medium. They can give you recommendations that, yes, this person is a good medium. Um, but to be certified as a medium is, to me, is like trying to certify me as a female. I, you know, I, I just, That's funny. Yeah. I, I just don't understand the thought process and, and the certification because who's going to back it up? That's right. That's right. And you know, it, I got to see Mavis speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, some of the words that she used... I, I, for the very first time, and you know her, so you're quite aware of her teachings, but I've always just thought, you know, our friends and family, they're in the spirit world, that they're like these energy clumps floating around. And Mavis is like, no, they're people. They're mm-hmm. people, yeah. and you can still talk to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, when they come, you know, when, when you're going to do a reading and the spirit world comes through, the spirit world is so intelligent. I can't even... I can't even tell you how, how intelligent these people are um, that they come with such information. And, you know, the information that we are to give, the evidence that we're to give is of what the spirit world wants us to know, not what we get to make up. So we can't have a criteria. We need to be open to what the spirit world says to us. And the other day I was doing a reading and I had it was a group reading and I had had this younger boy, man, 
that wanted to connect with a person in particular, but he wasn't accepting anything that I was saying to him. He was like, no, I really don't understand that. And actually it was his father that he wanted to connect with. And the spirit world just popped so fast into somebody else that he would have recognized and somebody that his family who was sitting around him would, would recognize because he wasn't accepting of anything that this other spirit pops through roars his motorcycle engine in my ear and lets me know that he would have died in his motorcycle accident. And all of a sudden, everything broke open. And he became so much more accepting. So when his father, who had stepped aside for a minute, came back through, he was so much more willing to accept everything that I was telling him and to understand it. Oh, yeah, that's good news. It is hard, too, just being a sitter. Uh, and the recipient, you know, when things are coming at you, you know, they might not be memories that you can just remember real fast, you know. And right. some of my most favorite stories of from guests are when, and maybe you have a story or two like this, that you gave some information. person says, no, can't take that. And then you get a phone call. <laughs> uh, yes. yes. Has that happened? Yes. Absolutely. I was doing, actually, I was with Mavis. We were doing a platform demonstration together. And um, I had connected with this one gentleman that came through when he had shown me, you know, the country that he was in. He had shown me all these different things. And his wife was still alive, but very ill. And he explained all these things to me. And at the end of the of the reading, he said to me, Tell it was his daughter that was there. Tell my daughter to go into the desk, and inside of that desk is going to be a bunch of love letters that are all tied together. Have her open those up and read them to my wife. That will give her great comfort prior to her passing to come to the world to the spirit world. And when I said this to her, she's like, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. I, I've been through everything, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, Just do me a favor, go home and look in that desk. And sure enough, the next day she sent me a message saying, oh, my gosh, I opened the desk up and had no idea. And you were right. And she had sent me a picture of the envelopes that were tied with a ribbon around them that the dad had left for the mom. And she told me that I opened those letters up and I read them to my mom. They were the love letters that he would send to her prior to them ever getting married. And they were just beautiful. That is so sweet. It is sweet. And, and again, you know, me as a medium, how the heck would I know anything like that? Oh, so I that's so special that, that, that her father would come through and, and share this information. Yeah, that's evidence. That's great. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. brings love. You know, that I think Mavis also spoke about how important it was to feel love when we're making those connections. Um, and that we can generate the feeling of love, right? Absolutely. You know, Mavis taught me, and and I have to say, and Paul, you know, you have to bring the energy of the spirit world through so that the the person that's sitting there and listening feels as though their, their loved one is sitting right there with you right there with you and sometimes when I do a reading some some spirits come in so strong that I feel I'm them that I feel that I'm them I have felt their accidents sometimes not necessarily the pain of their accident but understanding what their accident would have created which gave me the ability to give that information to in this case it was a parent and and this woman never asked me this from the beginning at all 
if her son had had uh, killed himself on purpose. She never said that to me. And he had shown me his accident that was on the motorcycle. He crashed into the tree, but he had shown me how he had turned his head during this when he hit the tree, but he was actually outside of his body watching the accident happen. It was not his intention to ever commit suicide at all. And when I said that to her, that was the biggest part of, of her ability to heal was to know that, that her son didn't do this to commit suicide because that was one of her biggest fears. Sure. And her son knew that. And that's why he gave that information because he knew that this was such a big part of where she was being stuck within her grieving. And stuck is the word. I've met people that have been stuck 30 years after losing a loved one. Yes. Um, and to yes. unstuck, unstick somebody and get them back in life. Uh, back in life. Yeah. Right. Now, you mentioning that, that he witnessed himself crashing mm-hmm. into the tree. Does mm-hmm. that mean that we actually step out of our bodies before, or we can, Absolutely. before our Absolutely. body dies? Absolutely. They, your soul is removed um, from your body. So you don't have the pain that people are always worried about and you witness what happens. Um, and when you're witnessing that, that's when the spirit world is standing with you. They're giving you that greater understanding, but you don't feel the pain. Uh, you don't, you don't feel at the time anything that happens, except maybe in some instances, there are a little bit, you know, wait a second, what just happened? And that's why the spirit world is there to give them that greater understanding. And, you know, never once ever have I done a reading for a person that the spirit comes and says, oh my gosh, I remember the hor- the horrific pain of, you know, A, B, or C. Never once, all they always show me is how they have been removed from their body. And that I even includes, uh, I had done a reading for a woman that had witnessed a bus accident where unfortunately everyone was decapitated in this bus. And uh, she was so concerned that everybody was in pain. And every single one of those people had shown me how they had been removed from their body. That's how you know, that's where the connection is, of the six to eight weeks prior to us coming to the spirit world, that they are preparing for us. They're there waiting. And they will be there waiting for us as we cross to the other side. Which makes me wonder, do we all have a, an exit plan where the, all those people on the bus supposed to be on the bus are there such things as accidents or do we have such an intelligent spirit world that knows this is coming and it prepares us it's my belief that we know it's my belief that we have made that choice to uh, when when we choose to come over to the to the other side that it's all planned i also think about when um when we have a deja vu yeah, that we sit back and go, oh my gosh, this is how I know I'm on my right plan of where I'm supposed to be going. So I think it's so important for us to take notice to these things in life and to honor what is being shown to us when we're here, if that makes any sense to you. It does. I don't get very many deja vus, so hopefully that doesn't mean I'm not on my track. <laughs> I think if I keep putting one foot in front of the other with my eye on being of service, all paths will lead the right direction. 
Absolutely. You give so much to people. My goodness. It's wonderful that you have this radio show. I'm grateful for you. Thanks. But you know what? I get it too. And I live so many days forgetting that I've written the book, that I have this radio show, get caught up in, oh, more bills than money or, you know, some problems dealing with somebody or, you know, I tell people not to be in the victim mode, but there I am sitting as a victim of somebody said this to me or that to me. So all it takes is I've got an interview scheduled. Oh, with Melinda Kushner. Okay. And then in just two seconds, all of a sudden I'm restored to who I am and the bigger picture. So they're just as much for me, I must say. But, you know, they're for everybody, really, to not forget who we are and to create that uh, relationship with our own soul. And you know what I'm fascinated about? And it wasn't until just this past week at Banyan and I don't know Paul enough to uh, I mean I've never taken a class with him that's why I keep talking about Mavis because I, I have some first-hand information from her but right. I, I always thought the answers were outside of myself or even with the spirit world never realizing that there's a soul that I can connect with that has the answers and so I, it's only been this past week, really, that I'm just like, oh, you know, it's all within within me. Um, and that's just a beautiful thing. I think we can make ourselves wrong and we're not good enough and all that stuff, you know. But just to say, no, I'm a divine soul and, um, you know, our soul's got our back, so to speak. Absolutely. Our soul has every answer you could ever want to know that is worthy of yourself. That's fantastic. You know, when, you, when you think about when, when you, when you sit in the quietness, not necessarily in the power, but in the quietness of who we are and you ask yourself a question, you know, that gut feeling that we get when you really do know the answer, but lots of times we choose not to listen to that answer. Yes. Yes. That's your soul talking to you. <laughs> it's funny, but yeah, I know it. That's great. So, Melinda, I don't know what to ask you, and I have a funny feeling that you've got something you're passionate about that maybe you talk about in workshops. There's one thing that um, you have an audience of many, many, many thousand people right now, and uh, or even just turn to your soul. And What else needs to be shared? Mm. Mm. My, uh, my biggest compassion... Um, is to change the world in how we think. I had a dream. Um, maybe I shouldn't say a dream. I have this soul wish forever to change the world as best as I can change the world and giving people compassion and understanding as to what we're really supposed to do. You know, the fighting of how our world is, the, the, the animosity that our world can create um, that's energy, but also there's energy in an enormous amount of love and understanding and compassion for others. And uh, to me, that's what we're supposed to teach each other. So if I can teach anybody, one person out of a workshop, one person out of a reading, one person out of a group, what it's like to love each other, to love ourselves, and to move forward to help another person, because that's so important, then 
um, I've, I've reached uh, something that would be a part of my goal. That's really great. And you know what? It, we don't mm-hmm. often understand what people are dealing with. And it's so easy to be judgmental, make people yeah. wrong. Why are they this way? Why are they that way? And I got a fortune cookie once that said, the best place to stand in an argument is on the other person's side. And I'll never forget that. It's like you just don't know what somebody's dealing with. So have that compassion. Yes, have the compassion, have the greater understanding, and um, always live life in love and don't take for granted anything. Yeah, it's beautiful. And service doesn't need to be anything big, does it? Like we don't all have to strive to be mediums. Uh, You just talk a couple minutes about service. Well, I think that, um, you know, my youngest son is handicapped and, um, I'll tell you, there's nothing that that warms my heart more than when I'm out and, you know, he's 21 and he's much taller than I am. And, uh, so he has a disability in his, just his walking. And for somebody to come up to me and say, can I help you? Is the nicest thing anybody could ever do. I just, I find it so compassionate and so loving. And that's just one little thing, just to help that one person and something little. When you're in the mall and you see somebody, you tell them, oh my gosh, look how beautiful you look today. Oh my goodness, you just made that person's day. Or hopefully you did. Because that's the compassion, that's the love that we need to share for each other. Not everybody can be mediums, but everybody can connect within their own soul and that greater understanding from God. That's, that's nice. Yeah. And even it's a compliment, somebody's smile. You know, it can be something so little, but it can be yeah. everything. You compliment somebody's smile, and then you watch them put another big smile on their face. That's always such a nice thing. Oh, Absolutely. Melinda, how can we find out more about you if maybe we would like to take one of your workshops? Or are you somebody that offers readings? Um, how do we find out a little bit more about this Melinda Kushner? Well, if you go to my website, which uh, is it's Melinda at melindakushner.com. Okay. And you can go to my website. Uh, you can look through there. I, um, I'm supposed to be, I haven't done it yet. I, I feel terrible, but I, I'm trying to write out, you know, put out blogs for people to, to be able to read and understand, um, creating, um, the better understanding for the world. I'm also in the process of uh, writing a book that I've been asked to write in regards to being that sitter on the other side. So you too can, you know, have a greater understanding of your expectations. Great. And um, I do teach workshops. They're posted. Um, I have Paul Jacobs that comes here. He does workshops. We are doing some traveling uh, platform demonstration times. We'll be in San Francisco and in Arizona. So definitely check my website. Super excited about that. Well, any closing words then, my friend, my new friend? Um, I All I just want to say is thank you, first and foremost, Sandra, for, for inviting me to be on your show. I, I truly appreciate this because you have helped me create a part of what my dream is, and, and that's to help everybody else in this world that I can touch, their own soul. And just to remember for everybody to touch their touch their own soul, under get a greater understanding of who you are and watch yourself grow in the beauty of love that's beautiful yeah and i believe melinda that we need to join arm in arm and share the good word and there's no competitive spirit here it's just all i'd want to do is share share good people and 
help change the world like you do. Oh, thank you. And, you know, the song, I'd like to help the world to sing. That's right. And, and that's what this is all about. Could you imagine the day that believing in the afterlife is just such a regular thing? Oh, I have had uh, many thoughts and, and actually um, been told by the spirit world that the more we believe here on earth yeah. about the spirit world, the more they'll be with us because they're right next to you. They're not up in the heavens. They're right next to us within that next world. And the more we can believe here, the more they'll come in stronger with their own energy. That's great. That is great. And they are people. So keep talking to your loved ones. And, uh, Absolutely. With you. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. thank you, Melinda, for being our guest today. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy. And for our listener, thank you for being with us. For the, Maybe this is your first episode. Maybe you've listened to them all. There's over 250 episodes now, which is amazing to me over the last few years. See what happens when you follow your passions? You just grow <laughs> and I love to share uh, as a reminder our home base for this show is we don't die radio.com where you can find past episodes you can have a free read of my book uh, I've got my audio called how to survive grief and some other gifts there for you um, I'm going to be an upcoming speaker at the afterlife symposium which will be in Scottsdale Arizona I invite you to, to that is afterlifesymposium.org Melinda is going to be speaking next weekend at the Helping Parents Heal Conference which is already uh, booked however um, you can go to the website and join helpingparentsheal.org they've got an unbelievably great online group on Facebook that there's guest speakers every week it's just it's very very spectacular and if you are a parent grieving you know to be with people that have walked the path and you know you're not alone it's just a really great organization so in closing my name is sandra champlain and i've been your host on we don't die radio and i do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important so why don't we all just do something today to put a Smile on somebody's face, be of service, make a difference. And that's my little challenge I'm going to leave for all of us today. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.